And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their Converting earthly language into thrust. As you kneel before Azawa, legend of Zelda's turned to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like comicsonline.com. Spoiler alert. You're listening to the Comics Online Podcast. Season 13. Episode 3. Only TMNT Interview. Recorded October 24th. 2012. Hello again and welcome to the Comics Online Podcast. I'm your host Kevin Goswan and today we have another interview episode. Marianne Butler interviews one of the voice actors on Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Comics Online is proud to present Master Splinter himself, Hoon Lee. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series, Voice of Splinter. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks very much. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. So uh, I will totally admit to being a huge Turtles fan from when I was very, very young. And, And getting to have a little brother who is also extremely into Turtles, it's been awesome because I've been able to stay attached to the franchise in its various uh, versions. Right, right. Yeah, there's been a lot. And the version that you are in is currently my little brother's favorite. So I think I... Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I mean, he was way into the movies when he was growing up. He's almost 14 now, and those were pretty much the only thing he watched for a very long time when he was growing up. And then with the, the new series, that's like, it's all about the turtles again. That's fantastic. Oh, that's so good to hear. I'm glad. So how did you, you know, get involved with turtles? Were you a fan of the films or the comic books? Uh, I, I, I'm like bit older than you, so I actually, uh, I read the original black and white Eastman and Laird comic books from way back when, um, and uh, that's kind of how I first got exposed to them, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't follow the original animated series that much, I did see uh, the, um, the movie Eastman, I didn't watch the cartoon, I, I just didn't follow it uh, religiously, but I did really like the comic books. Um, and so when I got involved with this project, um, I was in Los Angeles at the time, you know, I've been an actor for a while, and um, my agent called me and they said, you know, Nickelodeon is doing this reboot of Ninja Turtles and they want you to audition for Splinter, and I, I kind of freaked out a little bit um, because I was just with the... It was just kind of like a dream. Um, you know, as a comic book fan growing up and as a fan of the turtles growing up, the attitude audition was nerve-wracking. Uh, um, but everyone was very, very nice in the whole process, and it just happened to work out, and I'm glad that they were, they were, um, uh, that they were able to bring the things to the table that they seemed to be looking for. Oh, that's fantastic. So being a fan and then being told that you get to audition, for that character. I know, it was really, it was really a thrill, and, you know, you just spend a lot of time thinking to yourself, like, just don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, and you still think, I still think that now, um, in the recording, but you what? just kind of feel that, you know, you have a sense of responsibility, not only to, um, 
<laughs> yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool, though. I could not imagine that feeling of, oh, yeah, hey, so this is who you get to audition for. Because I, I love Splinter. I know. I know. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're a kid growing up, you, 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 know, you play pretend all the time, you know? Like, you pretend you're the Skywalker, or you pretend you're this and that, and... And um, it's kind of like being asked to play like that professionally. You know, <laughs> that, was really, uh, that was great. So did you totally have like a, a splinter voice all worked out before the audition? No, I, I, actually I kind of did. I, I had a sense, and it, it's tough because you want to, you want to bring um, your own take to it. But at the same time, with characters that are so iconic, you have that that sound in your head already. Um, it's like asking someone if they were going to re-record Yoda. Oh man! You know, but, you know what I mean? Like, how would you even approach doing something new? It, it, you would feel like you were betraying the character. So there was some sense for me that um, you know that I was just going to go in and do my best, basically. And in the audition, it became clear that they were pursuing a slightly different take on Splinter and making him a bit younger, a bit, um, in some ways a bit more kind of wickedly funny. He has, he has a sly sense of humor and, um, and more capable, physically capable. And so once they kind of explained that, it took a lot of pressure off me because then I felt like I, I didn't have to, um, you know, pay too much attention to what I thought before, and that, that really helped. It helped kind of free, free things up for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I love that they, they did give him that sense of humor, because, I mean, you always kind of get that impression in the comic books. Yes. And they kind of gave him one or two moments in the film, but they really let it, you know, kind of progress farther in the new cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a great, you know, Splinter's in, in very much in the tradition of these, these you know, mentors to and father figures, and, and a lot of them do have a sort of wise and peculiar influence by experience and age and wisdom. And it's, um, it's nice to see that as part of the dynamic, because I think that there's so much camaraderie that's uh, so well handled in writing between the turtles and so well handled in the acting between the, the actors playing the turtles. And I'm, I'm very thankful that I'm, my character is allowed to participate in that. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm also going to ask your opinion on the uh, the upcoming Turtles movie where they're getting rid of the uh, mutant part of the Turtles. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I, I've, heard, I've heard some stuff, but I... I'd hesitate to comment on it because I, I'm not super well informed about it. Um, you know, obviously, it's, uh, I've heard that it's in limbo right now. I've heard that it's moving forward. I don't really have reliable information, so I would hate to add to speculation without any firm grounding. Um, from what I have heard about the rumors, I, I will say that um, I think it would be weird to lose core parts of the origin story that, that to me just seems like a strange choice um, so that, that's the only thing I can really say about it, if, if those rumors are true that they're going to not be mutants and they're going to be flatter space or what have you I'm just a little, it, it confuses me more than anything because I would think that 
right, right. Um, I just, it was... Uh, and that's one thing I feel great about, but I feel like uh, Hero Neely, who, you know, really had uh, 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 you know, kind of the real, um, the sort of origin for this new series we're doing for Nick, he's such a fan of the original um, characters and comics, etc., and I, I just feel like he's invested so much energy and time in not only trying to push things further, but also in really being, uh, really honoring what's gone before. And I think that that's such a tricky balance and hard to do, and you're never going to please everybody. And but I, I think it's a, a masterful job. And it's so hard to do that adequately in a cartoon, I would think. But I, I get the feeling that he treats it more as a real series and not so much as an animated thing. Well, I think, you know, I think that's true about, it's funny because I think people have maybe look at, let me start again, you know, like comics and animation and manga and all of these things have come so far into the mainstream that I think everybody feels like they have some understanding and awareness of what that world is. But I think that for people that really grew up with those mediums, there's still a very a very different sort of appreciation for them. And I think that when you grow up with those mediums, you don't really make that distinction. You don't really say, oh, this is a cartoon, and therefore it plays by all these different sets of rules. I think you just kind of accept that the mediums change and the, the technologies used to um, tell the story may vary. But at the end of the day, you're capturing people's imagination with character and plot and, you know, drama and stakes and all of these things that, that you know, are commonalities between the best cartoons, the best comic books, you know, Alfred Hitchcock movies, great literature, human music, you know, visual art, all of these things have so much in common. So I feel like when I see Zero, he thinks of himself as a filmmaker, and he had this amazing uh, love of animation, and it's a style that he employs as a filmmaker. Um, and I think that that's what really comes through. Um, when I was reading the scripts and looking at the stories, I was so impressed by the quality of the writing and the quality of the execution in storytelling. That's often given short shrift in this sort of high pressure and quick turnaround world of, of media. But right. Uh, I, I just think they've done such a great job, and I, I would say the highest compliment I can really pay them is that I I look at these things as a I, I watch the show as a participant, but I also watch it as a fan. And if I wasn't involved as a participant, I would still watch it as a fan. See, that's um, pretty awesome, right there. I think that's one of the best reviews of a product that someone involved with it can give. Yeah, and, and you know, as an actor, it's it's hard to. It's often hard to not to, to try to shut out public reaction to things. It's necessary to do at times in order to concentrate on what you're doing and to not um, sort of uh, not not kind of contaminate what you're doing. Right. But but this was one of those cases where as soon as I saw even the trailer. Um, I knew right away that I didn't care what anyone else thought. And that's such a good feeling. Um, just to know that you feel 
Splinter action figure. I do, I do, <laughs> I do. I, I have a, I have a young son, and he's a little young for uh, a lot of TV watching right now. And I'm hoping if we manage to get enough seasons uh, under our belt that he can start watching, I'm, I'm intending to gift it to him. He may not care. That would be the really sad thing. He's just, just totally into something else, not into turtles at all. Oh no! Um, I'm, I'm hoping to. That would be so wonderful. A whole nother generation of Turtles fans. Oh my gosh, yeah. Totally. So do you find that doing the voice work for the animated series is harder, easier, more enjoyable than, you know, not doing voice work, than doing on-camera acting? Um, they're really different things, uh, which, is, which is part of why it's been an interesting trend, I think, to see more um, more actors that work in other mediums doing voice work, uh, because uh, one thing, I, I don't have a, a huge amount of experience in voice work compared to someone like Don Paulson, who's just you know, a legend, mm-hmm. um, but the thing that I really like about it is that it's very focused. You have to, you're, you're really trying to convey as much of the story as you can through a single a single aspect of, of your being through your voice and you're you're basically really kind of honing in on that and that's a, a very different sort of challenge you know, a lot of the times when you're on stage or you're in front of a camera you're trying to coordinate many things at once uh, and you're that's what you're kind of trained to do uh, so your, your vocal inflection is important, of course, but the physical choices you're making, your body language, um, you know, expression, features on your face, etc., all of those things play in simultaneously, and you can you can use them, uh, you can play off of, you can use them to play off of each other. So if you're trying to do something, if you're doing something with your voice, you might be doing something slightly in opposition with your body language, and you're you're doing that to try to create some sort of, uh, you're trying to convey some sort of a story. Um, when you only have your voice available to you, you're trying to do that for a singular instrument, and you also have to trust that the rest of the creative team involved, the animators and the directors, everybody, are going to have you safely in the hand, and they're going to take the material you give them and marry it to the appropriate visuals. And uh, it's, it's really, it's a really exciting way to work for me because it's so focused. Um, I wouldn't say that it's harder or easier, uh, except that the hours are better. But I will say it's a different sort of challenge and it requires a different mindset. So are the, uh, is the animation already completed when you go in and do the recording or are you doing the recording first? No, no, generally no. I mean, generally they have, um, they've gotten some of the work done, but it's certainly not finished. Uh, and we certainly are not voicing to an animated. Um, 
Well, I think that about wraps up the amount of time you had for me today. Oh, okay. Great. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, and I can't wait for the second season. Yes, I, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. We can't say too much about it, obviously, but, um, you know, I think that um, the first season of any show, you're doing a lot of introducing, or in our case, reintroducing. Uh, and then once that groundwork is laid, you have the opportunity really build upon it um, and so that's really exciting awesome well thank you so so much thank you swag 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 disclaimer the opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast are their own and may not represent those of comics online, any other participants, or any employers past, present, or future. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're not ready for this whole internet thing, much less the secret of the ooze. Or maybe you're instead one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciate foul language, heroes in a half-shell, Fighting sarcasm and everything geek pop culture, even when it's delivered by a robotic voice like mine. If you have comments, questions or suggestions for the Comics Online podcasters, we invite you to post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. All original material in this podcast copyright Comics Online. Swag a thousand times over. Swag a thousand times over. Swag a thousand times over. Swag a thousand times over.